0: Welcome to the Biz Bash Podcast, where
1: we make biz strategy a piece of cake. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Cammy, but you might know us better as Eliza and Calligraphy and Cami Monet. We want to help you, our fellow stationers, artists, and calligraphers, confidently build a profitable and personality-driven creative biz. We're
0: here to share our honest-to-goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists. So
1: put on your party hat, quit being a procrastinator gator, and let's get this party started. How do you do, you guys? Welcome back to the Biz Bash podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us, and Elizabeth will introduce her shortly. But I want to tell you guys a little bit more about what we'll be talking about and what to expect from this fabulous episode. So today we're going to be talking about how to work with a wedding planner as a stationer. Because here's the deal: wedding planners can be a total enemy. I know that's kind of dramatic, but they can be a total enemy to you guys or be a great ally when it comes to working with your clients. So we're just going to go through some best practices, share our experiences when it comes to working with planners, and just make it a seamless process for everyone involved. So hopefully this episode is super helpful for y'all.
0: Yay, I'm so excited. And today we have a wonderful guest, Sierra Claire of Sierra Clarifying Art. And Actually it's Sierra Rowhurst, right? That's your last name. Yeah. yeah, Claire is (laughs) my name. Okay, so mm-hmm. Sierra Rauhurst, and I knew Sierra back when you were still Silver Fox calligraphy. Um, so I remember you going through the whole brand, uh, rebranding to become Sierra Clarifying Art. And I mean, that was like really exciting and fun. And it's it's fun to see how your business has grown and changed over the years. You are based out of Michigan, and I do not want to butcher the town name, Petoskey? Petoskey? Petoskey. Petoskey? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Patasi, Michigan. She has a wonderful pup, lives with her husband. And now your house is both your studio and your living space, right? You guys like redid the yes. whole thing. It's so cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited about it. So um I rented a space for a while, but now I get to live and work in the same building, but still have like that work-life separation.
0: Yes. And within the past Within 2019, you have also purchased a letterpress, right? Isn't that new this yes, year?
2: Yes. Just uh, in the spring sometime. I don't know. This year has gone by so fast. I know. Oh my my God. God. It's it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're doing more of our printing and production in-house, including letterpress.
0: Okay. And how is that going so far? Are you enjoying that? That part yeah. of the process?
2: Yeah, I'm obsessed. (laughs) I'm like, only letterpress from now on. (laughs) I want to see you do more videos of it. You got to post more to
0: Instagram so I can like stock on you. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I will. I will for sure. It's been really fun learning. Um, It's been fun learning a whole different like skill set. And it's been great because I've been working with letterpress for so long, like for clients. So I already knew how to set up files and different you know, restrictions and, and things. And uh, my husband and I actually took a letterpress class a couple years ago. So we kind of knew a little bit, but then actually getting to work with it yourself is it's really cool.
0: Yeah, it honestly is one of my like dreams down the road to be able to do that too. Mm-hmm. But right yeah. now, I'm at, I'm in an apartment and on the second floor. I'm like, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. it would go
1: through the floor. <laughs> <I would>
2: actually <laughs> Probably crush someone. How horrible. like how would you even get it up there? Moving those things. This it it weighs like fifteen hundred pounds.
0: Oh, I'd have to so, take out a wall. That's yeah. why I'm like saying like <laughs>
2: it won't happen while I live in uh-uh. an apartment.
0: Nope. <laughs> Um, okay, so we like asking all of our guests. Most of our guests have been um, other stationers. We've had a couple other people, but we like asking the stationers especially how did you get started with stationery and like how did you fall in love with paper?
2: Um, oh Man, that's such a good question. I feel yeah. like I tell my story all the time, so I'm sorry if it's boring, but um, <laughs> I've always really loved art in general. Like I really loved watercolor as a kid. I went to a really artsy like charter school. Um, I remember making handmade paper when I was like eight. And um, I tried calligraphy, but it was all like the broad pen stuff. And so um, it was really tricky for me because I'm left handed. And it's all about the angle that you hold the pen and paper. And so um, I kind of lost interest in calligraphy because that just was really difficult. And I didn't really like how it looked. Um, and I was always one of those people that like loved art, but was really bad at it. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I, I would like break out my watercolors like once a year, once every six months, and then get really frustrated and put them back in the closet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I was always, you know, interested in creative stuff. I was a dance teacher and, um, my husband and I, moved across the country from upstate New York back to Michigan, and we were kind of starting over. And so um, my husband just really encouraged me to take advantage of that by, like, starting over with something creative. Um, And he was super supportive. And at first, we thought it would take me, like, three months to start a business, and then it turned into, like, a year. But um, (laughs) I feel like my situation was kind of unique compared to most people because most people start with a side hustle and then slowly build until they can transition from working full-time at a different job to their side hustle. But Mm -hmm. um, from the beginning, my husband said that he would support us while I learned skills and started my business. So like right away, I started full-time and learning calligraphy, learning graphic design, learning marketing and small business skills. And like trying to figure out how to start a business and learning like the skills I needed (laughs) to like the business. Um, But I worked full time on my business from the very beginning. So I think that helped to kind of get things going a little bit more rapidly compared to if you're just doing it on the side. Um, And I like I first started out thinking like I would do an Etsy shop or something because that was the only thing I could think of that would be creative, like my scope was very, very narrow. (laughs) Um, And so I started like learning hand lettering. I took the hand lettering class by Sean West, which was really awesome. And um, then I discovered pointed pen calligraphy. Someone just gave me a a set because I said that I was doing hand lettering and stuff. And I had never seen pointed pens before. And I started playing around with them. And then it just was like a, I don't even know what to call it. I just fell into like this hole of calligraphy that I was never going to like climb back out of and just started like watching YouTube videos and realizing that there was a whole, like it was a portion of the wedding industry that I had no idea existed. Like Mm -hmm. the concept that people would hire you to write on their envelopes blew my mind. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) what, what is this? This is insane. So, um, once I figured out that it was like a job that people did and like a whole industry, I just started doing more market research and it worked out great. Cause in my area, um, in Northern Michigan, it's like a hub for destination weddings. And there's a lot of luxury weddings that want calligraphy and there was no one in my area doing calligraphy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I figured that was either a good thing or a bad thing. Like either there was no need for calligraphy in the market and that's why no one was doing it (laughs) or it was gonna like fill a hole in the market and it was gonna be a good fit and it ended up being a really good fit and um I've always loved like wax seals I had a pen pal when I was like 11 Mm -hmm. and I would always seal my letters with like these wedding wax seals from Target (laughs) That is amazing. And I would, like, paint my envelopes with nail polish. And, like, I'm basically doing the same thing now, just fancier. So it all worked
1: out. Yeah, from nail polish to calligraphy. It all makes sense.
0: (laughs) I'm like you, um, Sierra, because I'm also Mm left-handed. So, yeah, discovering Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. pointed pen, like, transformed my entire world. Yes. Because I had always been given, you know, like the fountain pens and like Mm -hmm. those types of pens growing up. And I was like... "Eh." this doesn't work for me. I just assumed I could never do calligraphy. So I get mm-hmm. what you mean when you say you like fell into that calligraphy hole. And the other funny mm-hmm. thing is um, Lainey of Design by Lainey is also left-handed. Oh, really? And I, I feel like this is the perfect segue <laughs> to say that <laughs> we are so excited because Sierra and Lainey, who I just mentioned, um, along with a bunch of other wonderful educators are all part of the stationer Summit and... I'm just gonna like burst with excitement because early bird <laughs> registration is happening next week.
1: Next <laughs> week, you got early bird. I'm sorry, I gotta <laughs> sing like everything. It's <laughs> so exciting right now. But yeah, so Sierra yeah. is one of our educators in the Stationer Summit. So, um, Sierra, can you tell us a little bit more about um, your session?
2: Yeah, so I am talking all about marketing. And not like scary, weird, complicated marketing. I'm not talking about like sales funnels and I'm not talking about advertising, but I'm talking about simple strategies that can help you to book clients. Um, And I'm just really excited. These are all things that I used to build my business. And um, up until now, I've been in business for like four years and I've never been like a paid vendor on vendor listings. I've not really done Facebook ads or anything like that. Um, I've never really invested in advertising, but I've been able to book my wedding season every year. And it's because of just using like simple strategies that are easy and intuitive. And I'm super excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I have your session actually, like, on my desktop right now because <laughs> <laughs> I started watching it last night and then, mm-hmm. like, didn't get that far in before I needed to do dinner and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, it looks so cute. You've got your, like, books ah, on so your cute. desk and the glasses, Fiddle Leaf Fig. Y'all, like, everyone oh. has got a the- love and beyond with these sessions it's so cool
2: <laughs> <laughs> i gonna tell you a secret that i think is hilarious to anyone okay. who watches the video so in my video i have this little like daisy flower thing and a little vase because i was trying to be cute but i didn't put any water in it and so by the time you get to the end of the video the flower <laughs> is like completely dead <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the, the best. way the thing until it's completely bent over. It oh my curious. god, I just skipped ahead
0: in the video. This is so <laughs> funny. It's like all the way like tilted over. <laughs> <So> <laughs> funny. It's
2: like it is completely like bent in half. And when you start, it's completely straight up, like super perky. I um, thought it was fake. I thought it was a fake right? Daisy
0: because it was literally so perfect and yeah. straight up.
2: Well, now you know it's real and it's dead. <laughs>
0: it's oh and my gosh! And, like slowly but surely, just like oh my goodness. Well, y'all keep an eye out
2: for that in your yeah. session. <laughs> That's something to look out for. Like when you watch my video, is the wilting flower? That's the highlight of the video. <laughs> I think I'm going
0: to make a little time lapse for you because I'm like pushing yes! the little thing back and forth, and this is very funny.
1: Being it's like <laughs> goes up and then it goes back down. <laughs>
2: i think it's really funny so
1: yeah Watch out. Uh, it'd be so funny if it was going like the opposite way like if you did the so you could be like oh after you before you watch sierra's session then after and then you're like right. a live daisy like you start off as the dead daisy yeah. you know what saying, guys? Yeah.
2: my class is bringing your business to life yes oh, <laughs> i'm cracking up it's like
0: all those things like behind the scenes as creatives and like we're, mm-hmm. we're, you're getting Hung up, I'm sure, on like making everything look perfect. The last thing you're thinking about is giving this flower water, and right. nothing yeah. else in the background like moves or shifts at all. And so, it's very <laughs> funny that
2: this like, happens, it's hilarious.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So we have there's 18 sessions in the Stationer Summit, and if you guys register during early bird registration, you can save a hundred dollars. So for 18 sessions, you're getting them all for 297 dollars. Which right now, like a lot of these creatives individually who are part of this, a lot of these stationers are selling individual courses for that much. You know, so and it's yeah. like this is a deal, like this kind of like Stationer Summit bundle that is one of a kind and going to be amazing. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. It's like, the classes are just awesome. There's so many classes that I wish that I had starting out, let alone like I still, I'm going to watch them all cause I can still learn stuff. So. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what classes are you, or what sessions are you looking forward to? I mean, I'm looking forward to all of them, obviously, but <laughs> which one are you going to watch first? Probably. <laughs>
2: I'm excited about your guys' pricing class because Um, (laughs) I still struggle. Like I do have like all of my pricing set up and everything, obviously, but I feel like I can always make it better. And so I'm excited about that one. I'm excited about Pappel and Co's class about like, um, like building your business with intention and. um, And positivity. Yeah. yeah, Positivity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think she's going to have a lot of gems um I'm just so excited about all of them
0: yeah me too me too when you, like, oh. about, when you were talking about when you were talking um like learning all this stuff for your letterpress now that you have one in-house mm-hmm. and it made it, it immediately made me think of Brits and she's actually going to be teaching people how to set up a letterpress file which I mm-hmm. know is going to be so beneficial to a ton of people who would like to break into sending work um to a letterpress mm-hmm. printer
2: yeah I'm super stoked for that one
0: Everyone's just, like, awesome in general. It's kind of one of those, like, surreal things for Cammy and I that, you know, it's even happening. It's like,
2: what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? I know.
2: Too. Me too. Like, it's, it, it is surreal because, like, four years ago when I was starting my business, I was watching other summits and, like, didn't even know if I could make my business, a, like, a thing, you know? So to go from, like, student to educator is very surreal.
1: Yeah, you know what's funny, you guys? Like we, I think we're okay. So I kind of think of us as in like the same class, like the class mm-hmm. of twenty fifteen or whatever, <laughs> because we all kind of started our business at the yeah. same time. So I've always like just felt this like kinship to you, Sierra, even if we didn't Aww. like always talk, you know. Because I'm like, oh yeah, we all kind of came up on the scene at the same. You know, there's just like a new yeah. wave every year, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of funny. Like I feel like we all are like the same year. <laughs> It's so we're seniors now or whatever. I don't know.
2: And and, um I'm trying to think of other educators. It's like I I feel like when you first start out learning, like you immediately start following other people, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. like what are other people doing? How are they building a business? And then you all, so you follow like inspirational people, but then you also like find people that are on the same path as you. And then like seeing everyone grow together is just so cool.
0: Yeah. I
2: agree with what Cami said about like the feeling
0: like we're in the same class. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I, I know. That it's really so funny. True.
0: Um, all right, uh, let's go ahead and dive into talking about working with planners. Full disclosure, I think Cammy and Sierra do this a lot more than I do, so you guys are probably going to have some like better input
2: <laughs> on this side. <laughs> I don't know about that,
1: um, but I'll go ahead and let uh, Cammy get us started. Yeah, I just okay. So I just wanted to talk to you, Sierra, about um, how do you actually meet the majority of the planners that you work with. Like are they finding you on Instagram or are clients referring you to them? How does that how does that come about for you?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um real quick side note that can totally get edited out, but can you hear my dog still? Uh-uh. No, okay. You're good. <laughs> he's like locked in my bedroom upstairs, but he's barking like crazy because he's like upset that I locked him up there. And oh. I just keep hearing these little like Oh no. I can't hear him
1: at all. So you're, you're okay. good. Carry on. <laughs>
2: okay, cool. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So most of the planners that I work with, I actually end up making connections with on Instagram. So um, usually I make connections through the planner, not the client and the planner like the the planner basically ends up being like an in-between between me and the client. Like they're bringing the client to me. Okay. And um, so most of them I end up like having some connection with on Instagram. Like they follow me or we follow each other. There's very rarely a planner that will reach out to me like out of the blue. Um, and a lot of times they'll work with me on a styled shoot first and then that kind of helps to build a relationship a little bit. And they can see, like, I feel like you can get a little bit of an understanding of what working someone with someone might be like through a process like that. And then um, they end up referring me to clients later.
1: Gotcha. So you weren't, like, in reaching out to them first and being like, hey, I'm a stationer. They, it just kind of, like, came about. Like, like, how a client would find you. You're not like...
2: Yeah, not really. Like, it's oh. been pretty organic. There's been... um like, I've never sent, like, I keep meaning to put together, like, sample packets and, like, send them to a bunch of planners, but I'm such a perfectionist that I just haven't done it because I want it to look really pretty <laughs> and, like, I feel, yeah, I feel like
1: I've been meaning so, to do that since the beginning of time, and I never yeah, have.
2: <laughs> me too. Um, there are definitely planners that I was intentional with, but, um, like, I would, um, like, seek them out on Instagram first, because I'm very introverted. And, um, like, I'm not just gonna be like, hey, can I take you out to coffee? Because that freaks me out. So um, I would follow them on uh, Instagram and comment on their stuff and just, like, kind of just be, like, on the radar so that, like, they know that I was in the area and that I was doing calligraphy, especially when Mm -hmm. I was, like, first starting out, like, for my local industry and just, like, um, you know, they would post something and I'd be like, oh, that's my favorite coffee shop or like something so that they know I'm local
1: oh, and, yeah,
2: yeah. you know, but not like in a creepy way, like don't comment on everyone's pictures all the time.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> all sure. So, so the planners you're working with are mostly local. So that's kind of cool.
2: Um, yeah. not. <laughs> no, only a couple, like a few planners are local, but I end up working with planners like all over the country. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but it's because of Instagram. Like I, I make connections on Instagram and, um, you know, they they end up getting to know my work and then they have a client that they think would be a good fit and then they ask for a quote and we just go from there.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, so- most of the planners that have found me have simply just... I, I don't know who they are. I think, mm-hmm. I feel like they're all secretly watching all of us. You know what I mean? They like, are, they're they they are. creeping. <laughs> <laughs> they're creeping and like just waiting and scoping for like waiting for the right time to email you based on the client, like whoever mm-hmm. their client is. And be like, oh, I have someone in my back pocket who's a good fit kind of thing. So, yeah,
2: absolutely. I think so. I think they're always looking for, because planners are like, a giant resource center for their clients, right? Like their skill is no like putting together vendor teams and knowing like who's going to work good together and who would be a good fit for their client and who can supply this like weird acrylic invitation in case like a client ever wants it or whatever. So I feel like they're constantly like keeping an eye out for different things that might be a good fit for their clients and their weddings.
0: Tell us a little bit about that awesome like escort card display. <laughs> I remember seeing the that on
2: wall?
0: yes. I'm assuming that was uh, like in partnership with the planner.
2: Yes, I would <laughs> not do that by myself. Um, that was that was a really great actually collaboration between the planner and the floral designer. Okay. So the floral designer, Violet Rose Floral from um, like the Detroit area, she was the floral designer, and then Mitten Weddings was the planner, um, and I think she's out of the same area. She's downstate somewhere, but. Um, Yeah. It was like a very, it was a beautiful, gorgeous, amazing wedding and the, they wanted to do this champagne wall. So the floral designer actually built the whole thing. Um, well, her husband built the whole thing. (laughs) And, um, but we had been planning that out for months. Like that took a lot of collaboration because I need to figure out like how much space I needed for each name and then like how many names there were and how many shelves there would be. And um, it was really – it turned out really beautiful. And then, like, the floral designer sent me a sample of the wood with the stain on it ahead of time so I could test materials. And then once it got here, I only had two days to do all of the calligraphy and drop it off. So it had to be, like, very streamlined by the time it got here. Like, no, um, like, weird – not red flags, but, like – I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but like everything needed to go smoothly once it got here because I was on a very limited time frame, right? (laughs) And so it took a lot of coordination, and everyone like pulled it off amazingly. It was so beautiful.
1: That is like the best thing ever when everyone just works Mm -hmm. together and it all
2: happens the right way. Like praise, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. It was it was amazing. Okay. So in in your experience,
1: oh sorry Elizabeth, do you want to go ahead? Okay. I feel like I'm Ask. Okay. Um in your experience with working with planners, do you find that um it has made your process more streamlined with the client or has sometimes there bit, a bit of a learning curve on like how to adjust with another person coming into the process?
2: Um that's a good question and it kind of depends because I feel like every time I work with a new planner, there's a bit of a learning curve because everyone does things differently as far as like how much contact you have with the client, how much control they have, and like the booking process. Sometimes it's a little... I feel like the booking process sometimes is a a little bit more difficult because I'm not talking directly to the client. And usually I'll have like a phone consultation with the client and we talk about design and what they like and what they don't like and you know, their budget and you know, what their priorities are, which make it a lot easier for me to like tailor their proposal to them. So like if they love letterpress, but they don't have a big budget, then I'm not gonna like put letterpress on their envelopes because that's not a priority. Um, Whereas sometimes if I'm working with a planner, there's more back and forth because they're mediating and I'm not talking directly to the client. So um, sometimes they don't give me a budget either and they just tell me what they want and then I have to put things together and then, you know, I have to like do more tailoring to the proposal to get it to be what the client wanted Um, or like understanding what like the client's style and what they like. But that all depends because with some planners, it's even easier because the planner is the one that's putting together a mood board and the color palette and they're giving you inspiration for stationery. And in that case, it just makes my job so much easier because I don't have to like put that creative work in because they're basically giving me like art direction and then mm-hmm. I can just do that and go with it.
1: Yes, I um, I had I have the same like the same idea as you do is like it's sometimes mm-hmm. easier sometimes it's harder but a lot of yeah a lot of the planners will be like oh I already put together a color palette and sometimes I'm like but I'm gonna put together a color palette so um I'm still gonna do it <laughs> like even <laughs> if they do send me one I still put together one based on like what I learned from the client just because I know I might have like a slightly different approach that's still within like the same vein of what they provided mm-hmm. but I just don't feel like I'm doing my job I'm
2: just like taking their colors right like i'm being lazy if i don't yeah i'm like well i have to like
1: put my lookbook thing together and maybe i'm just stubborn and stuck in my ways but i gotta like i don't know it's kind of like my way of getting to know the client too to put that together Mm -hmm. but i love when there's like a great jumping off point like where they're like this is what her bouquet is gonna look like and i can Mm -hmm. use that as like soul inspiration versus like here is a huge color palette thing i put together for specifically invitations like i love when they have like some planners do almost like a big PDF of the whole wedding, like what the chairs yeah. are going to look like and all this. And I'm like, I love it. Cause I can get so much information on that. Like the whole style and the feel of everything versus For just sure. like, here's what they want the invitations to look like. So that is super helpful. So if you're a planner that's listening, I love those. Those are great.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I totally agree. Because then you start getting like a feel for what the whole wedding is going to be like. And then it's easier for you to design stationery that will fit well within that wedding. Or sometimes if you're just working with a client, they're just showing you what they want for invitations, but you're not going to ask them like, well, what are, well, you might ask questions during the consultation, but like you might not know what her wedding dress looks like, or you might not know what the groom's suit color is or whatever. So the more information that the The planner gives you like the better able you're like that's not right
1: (laughs) the The better better. you can do your job
2: yeah
1: you you know um i speak all kinds of crazy (laughs) it's fine Um, so yeah like i think the clients sometimes don't realize like the the, th- the things that are important to us won't be important to them. Like they don't realize like seeing what their chairs look like for the ceremony actually does affect how I'm going <laughs> to design yeah. invitation. Like they're like, Oh, here's my flowers and here's the colors. And I'm like, But what about like the vibe? What do we go Mm -hmm. into? Like, I mean, a blush rose could work with like 18,000 different styles. You know, I can make that boho. I can make that mid-century. I can make whatever you want. But like, Mm -hmm. I need to know more about you guys as a couple. And I think the planner is really good at extracting those details and like streamlining them for you, which is Mm -hmm. great. And I love that. So yeah, me too. Yeah, that's when the planner is an ally. (laughs) Sierra, have you
0: noticed that as you've started to like work with more wedding planners over time, do you feel like they're bringing you clients that are booking higher packages than what you were booking previously? Like, how does that look in terms of pricing? Because I think it'll be interesting for our listeners Mm -hmm. to kind of hear uh, in terms of like, not necessarily like quality of work, but like quality of like- leads and like what
1: Mm -hmm. I said types of clients do you mean or like well
0: I think there's something about like when you're working with other people who are established in the industry that everyone's like elevated higher so like Mm -hmm. your hope would be by working with like other planners or people who are established and know the higher weddings that you can then be booking like eventually booking higher end clients I don't know maybe Mm -hmm. I'm just like
2: (laughs) No, I think that's super true. I think that's really true. Um, I think especially for me, like once I started working with some of the high-end local wedding planners, um, it, it, it's like a brand association in a way. Like people see that, they're, that you're all tagging each other and it like puts you in the same group like, um, in the same, like we all work in the same wedding industry and then we all work with the same types of clients. And then sometimes like people will be following like the wedding planners on Instagram, just for inspiration, whether or not they're working with them. And then they see, they, they're like looking for other local vendors, you know? So then like they're like, they see that I got tagged for stationery, and then they'll follow me for a while. And then, Um, they'll end up inquiring or whatever. But also I think a lot of um, luxury wedding clients do have planners. Um, Not all of them do. I have had some high budget clients that like the mother of the bride is like planning the wedding, but um, generally I think they're more likely to have a wedding planner. And so the other thing that I think is really helpful is that the planner's help to educate the client about cost Mm -hmm. and so they'll help the client set aside like a certain percentage for stationery or they'll like give the like they have the budget for the whole wedding and then they'll help allocate certain amounts to stationery which i think is super helpful Um, because so many people just don't realize that if you want custom stationery it comes with like a pretty big price tag Mm -hmm. and then people get sticker shock so and then also when you work with planners, they like, especially if they've inquired with you before or something, they'll start to understand like, maybe what your minimums are or like a ballpark range of what you cost so they're not bringing you clients that can't afford you because they already have an understanding of what your pricing structure might be so when they do bring clients to you for inquiries i feel like it's much more likely that they're going to book because for one they know that their clients can afford you and they already think that you're going to be a good fit like style wise and they like working with you so Mm -hmm. i feel like you're much more likely to book those clients
0: Yeah, that's all such amazing insight. And I think it's really important to like to determine the values of the planner up front because I kind of learned this the hard way is that like not all planners value stationery and not all planners Mm -hmm. will recommend to their clients to set aside a a nice budget, you know? So I've like Mm -hmm. tried networking here in Atlanta with some different wedding planners and have become friends with some people. But what I've realized is within their business, like they don't value like custom stationery and they're more likely to send a client to minted. And I'm like, well, okay, like... (laughs) (laughs) That's clearly like not the best
2: relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I started looking for planners that were already working with stationers um, because I figured they were working with clients who had the budget for custom Mm stationery. And um, yeah, I feel like that really goes a long way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um, most of the clients that I've booked through planners themselves, I've always really appreciated the smaller details I do for them in the experience versus like a client who might not have a planner. Like, I don't think they appreciate the fact that I am assembling their invitations as much as the one who do have a planner, because I think they're more cognizant of the fact that they're hiring someone out because they don't want to be hands on. So then when they see like, oh, she's not going to I don't have to assemble anything, she's going to handle mailing, like they really are like, very excited about that so I have noticed that in terms of like client relationships that with a planner they are more appreciative of just like letting go of full control if that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah yeah they're
2: they're they obviously are showing trust in their vendors if they're working with a planner and then also like planners are not inexpensive either so I feel like that shows sometimes where their value lies like if they value Like the process of wedding planning and like the customer service and things like that more than the price tag, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're 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 okay with you assembling their invitations, even if it costs more because it saves them time and makes the process more enjoyable.
1: Exactly.
2: Exactly. Are
1: you ready to push the envelope in your stationary biz and finally get the answers you're looking for? We're bringing together industry leaders in one place with a virtual conference that anyone can attend. The Stationer Summit is an online game changer with session topics that
0: are for stationers by stationers. And with 18 different educators, you can't afford to miss this. We've got the names you love. Swell Press, Design House Amora, Papel Co., Design by Lainey, and so many others. And you guys, they're here to bring you the answers you can't
1: get anywhere else. It's time to break down the walls of the stationery industry and open the door for anyone and everyone. We believe there is room for all of us at the table and we're offering you a virtual seat. And of course, we'll be there too, talking about everyone's favorite topic, pricing.
0: Here are the deets. Early bird registration takes place August 26th through 30th and during this week you can save a hundred dollars on your ticket. Official registration will open September 16th through 20th and the full price is $397.
1: Even at full price this is an absolute steal. Get on the waiting list today at stationersummit.com. So when you're working with planners do do the planners that you work with ever get a percentage or like a referral fee from you or how does that work?
2: No. So I have heard of that in the wedding industry before. Um, and I've actually asked a couple planners about it because I've seen that come up in a couple of Facebook groups. And I was like, what? That's so wrong. Like, I know, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a red flag. But I've asked a couple planners about it and they were like, well, that is actually like pretty normal for them to do. Um, but none of the planners I've ever worked with have ever asked for like a percentage of my work or like upcharge my work. Um, they all charge like their own separate, like design fees and and, like project management fees and everything. So, um, and depending on the package that the client purchases from them will indicate like how hands on they are with me too. So, um, I've never, yeah, I've never run into that, but, I guess it's not as big of, like, a red flag as I thought it was originally.
0: <laughs> I still think, I think Cammy and I are still both of the opinion that, like, that seems uh, weird to me, and, and that, <laughs> I was almost going to use the word wrong, but I don't want to say wrong if, like, we mm-hmm. are doing it, but I would mm-hmm. never feel comfortable with that, like, if a no planner asked for it, I would say no, and, mm-hmm. um. And that would be that. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Well,
2: and One big reason for me is that I feel like it, it sets up a like not very clear representation of your pricing. If they're upcharging things to the client, um, because then they think that you're charging more than you are. Um, I just feel like it's a little dicey. Like it's, it's not very transparent. I don't know if the client understands that that's the planner's process, so to me, like, it just makes me a little uncomfortable, because, like, it doesn't seem very transparent. And it just feels like sneaky, even if they're not mm-hmm. trying to, be sneaky, it just feels like icky. And I don't like it. Mm-hmm.
1: I know. I would be like, are you booking me to get the referral fee or because you actually like? Yeah, me? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Oh, yeah. It is, I, it is a little sneaky. I do mm-hmm. have another
0: question in terms of like different planners have different kind of like procedures for things. Yeah. I've gotten inquiries before from people who are like, ask if I can design the invitations and do all of it, but that their planner includes like assembly for invitations on their end. And I've like never oh, known man. how to handle that because I'm like, well, I get it because you're playing, paying the planner to do it, but... Like, do I really want to hand off my work when I'm the one who understands it, it best? Has, have you ever come across anything mm-hmm. like that? Like, I've never yeah. continued forward or like moved forward with that, but I've always been curious.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Um, And that's something that I kind of discuss with the client or the planner when I'm putting together the proposal. Um, I usually include assembly as a line item. um, But if the planner is going to do it, I just remove it. But um, there are some planners that include it, like if they're doing full service stuff for their clients, a lot of times they will include assembling invitations for them. Um, Or sometimes I, I know a couple of planners that have done it for their clients just as like a nice favor that they're Like doing it for free for their clients. Mm. Um, So, if the planner, I try to be flexible with that if I can, but I do prefer doing assembly in house because we do have our like procedures in place. And I know, like, just once you hand everything over, it's like, you know, if they put a wax seal on upside down or something's missing postage or whatever, like, it's still going to be your fault. (laughs) So, um, I prefer doing assembly in house when possible, but if the, if, if they want the planner to do it and they've already paid the planner to do it, then, um, I'm pretty flexible with that too.
1: I know. I just, I'm like, do you realize what's going to happen when you do this assembly? You realize there's six Mm -hmm. vintage stamps and a ribbon and all this stuff. Like, are you sure? Like, I,
2: Yeah, and I feel more comfortable I feel more comfortable handing it over to a planner though than I feel comfortable handing it over to a client because the planner, I'm like, okay, well you must know what you're getting yourself into. Like you see that there was wax seals and ribbon or whatever, it's not gonna take you two hours to assemble these invitations. Like this is an investment, but you should you should know that. (laughs) Clients, I'm like, you really should just let us do it because it's so much more work than people realize and so much more time intensive than people realize. I've had a couple of clients. We almost always do assembly for our clients. And I've had a couple of clients where it was like the mother of the bride really wanted to do it herself. And I sent her like the pre made wax seals and everything, and she was still like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? Like, this is so stressful.
0: <laughs> you know, I actually <laughs>
2: laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. People in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> I prefer to like assemble regardless, you know, like, I, I, instead of handing it off but I have um, had clients who want to do it themselves so I just make a video for them and I should have that very specific steps I'm like and then you do this and then you do this and like here's how you tie the ribbons like mm-hmm. prevent any weird miscommunication and then if I hand stuff off and I'm not the one mailing it I have them sign off on something like I, literally mm-hmm. my clients have to sign off on so many things I feel like because I'm always just trying to protect my butt but basically if, like mm-hmm. I hand it off like I relinquish all control and like, I can't right. do anything. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: I know. I know. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be too afraid to have the planner assemble anything. I always, I'm really selfish. I assemble everything in house. Well, my mm-hmm. mother-in-law helps me a ton. <laughs> my my I,
2: mom helps me one day a week this summer. That's awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
1: um, okay. So when, um, when you're booking with, with the client or the planner, like with that process of booking, do you often have clients coming to you and then the planner introduces himself or is it like the planner and then the client books with you like can you just tell us a little bit more about like the process mm-hmm. of the booking with them
2: so it kind of depends on who inquires usually the planner inquires and gives me like a request for a proposal or sometimes they'll just fill out the form on my website but basically they're asking me for a quote mm-hmm. and then they present the quote to the client and then the client decides whether or not to book. And then the client is the one that actually signs the contracts and makes the payments and all of that. Um, But usually I send the pricing and like the proposal to the um, wedding planner first and um, not directly to the client. Like I use HoneyBook. So I, Mm -hmm. Add in. I don't add in the client to the workspace until the client is ready to um, move forward because a lot of planners like to consolidate the communication that they have for their clients so their clients aren't getting emails all the time. So they'll gather like several quotes from different vendors and then present them to the client all at once so they can have like a whole meeting about budgeting or about the vendors or about whatever. So um, a lot of times that's how it works. Or sometimes I do get clients that have planners, but book me without going through their planner. And they just, um, it depends on like, maybe the planner isn't doing like full service vendor management or whatever in their package. Or sometimes the client's just really excited and they already knew that they (laughs) like wanted to work with me, which is super fun. Um, And so then the client will inquire. I send them, quote the proposal and everything but then I always include the planner in honeybook so that the planner can be involved in all of the communication and be there to answer any questions if needed or um, feedback etc
1: yeah that makes sense that's kind of my experience has been as, as well like either the, the planner the client is I'm sorry the planner is reaching out and then the client gets looped in after they're ready to book so yeah I'm assuming they're meeting and going over all different types of quotes or whatnot um, but that's of the time, I think that happens that way. And if a planner just kind of like gets inserted into the process later on after the client books, it's, they're they're typically pretty hands off at that point. So you can kind of, um, judge how the relationship's going to be like how much, um, they're actually going to be giving their input to the design based on who inquires (laughs) is what I've kind of found. Um, so that brings me to talking about the design process when you have a planner, so like if it is someone who is doing the full service planning, do you find that you're using like the proofs are going to the planner and they're making the changes or is it still your client that you're communicating with?
2: So it's usually the client. I have had a couple clients. I've had a few clients that I worked only with the the planner and didn't have any communication with the client. There was one wedding I did that was like extremely high budget and I had to sign confidentiality agreements and stuff. And they had like a whole their wedding planner was like a wedding design like team thing that was like very like handled everything and I never spoke to the client at all. Um, But that I feel like that's very rare. So for the most part like since I use HoneyBook as my client management software or project management um, everyone gets all the emails and so um, like the proofs go to the planner and the client and the client is usually the one that submits the revisions, but sometimes the planner will submit the revisions. Um, but there's usually, it usually feels like a team, like a lot of times the planner or the client will pipe in with their uh, opinions and be like, oh, I really like the blush envelope, but what do you think to the planner or whatever? And then yes. like, yeah, it looks good. And, and it becomes like a like a teamwork kind of thing. Like you're all kind of working together for the same goal and that's ideal. Like if there's good communication and all of that, it it works out really good.
1: Yeah. That's kind of in my experience too, where like in the feedback form, there'll be the planner and the client kind of having a conversation with each other Uh in there. And if the, if the client's like, well, what do you think? I always, I'm just like, silently praying that the client or that the planner is just like I love it whatever she says is great basically I'm like yeah. please just go with it just go with it don't be difficult please don't be difficult like well, yeah,
2: <laughs> it's it's worked out really good for me because sometimes the planners I feel like are like my allies
1: <laughs> yes
2: like, <sometimes laughs> the client asks for something that's just like really like ugly or, like, <laughs> a design revision that just doesn't look good sometimes. Like, if I know the planner, sometimes I'll e- even be, like, well, I'll usually just give my opinion and say, like, you know, as the designer, I think it would be better if we stuck with the original proof because blah, 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 blah. And, like, nine times out of the te- out of ten, the planner will be, like, yeah, I completely agree. I Let's go with that. Um, and kind of, like, back me up as, like, the professional in those situations, which is really... I just feel like it's really helpful because sometimes it's hard when it's just you and the client and it's just your opinion or their opinion. Sometimes it's nice to have like a tiebreaker <laughs> in there somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I think the planner gets like, this is another trusted professional. Like we should definitely mm-hmm. go with her opinion and they're going to, they're going to back you up. And when that happens, it's the best thing ever. It just gets mm-hmm. a little annoying when they're like, actually, and then they yeah. get like a totally different or like. When I feel like the client is wrong, and I'm actually just thinking of one specific instance here, and the planner like goes against you, and you're like, "What the heck is happening?" But that's very specific, and I'm not going to talk about that story. We all know the story, so. <laughs> and that one was
0: super weird too, right? Because you that was a think weird the planner was going to be involved, and then she like stepped in, and then the client like wouldn't answer your calls. And is that the same?
1: I'll, I this is yes. Well, this one the planner actually told me that I was not allowed to email the client directly <laughs> anymore the client requested that I only talk to the planner yeah. so It was like really weird and I could only talk to the planner so I wasn't even sure like what the client was thinking and it made the whole process very difficult because I was like am I actually getting the client's feedback and I felt like if I could just talk to the client I'm um, you know and I could make those adjustments and truly make it what she wanted versus just hearing like the planner's opinion on things like I felt like it just muddied up a lot of things
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it is hard because sometimes more communication is good and then sometimes it's like just more confusing so
1: (laughs) yeah Uh. exactly okay well that brings us to our next point about red flags (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so are there any red flags that you can think of like when you're getting contacted by a planner on behalf of a client like anything you're just like oh this might not be Go the best, or just not maybe like red flags, but like yellow flags, where proceed with Mm -hmm. caution.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, this is a tricky one because I feel like I really haven't had that many like issues with the uh, like from the planner side. Mm -hmm. I do think what we talked about earlier, like where the planner, um, like the planner's uh process seems a little sketchy, like if they're um like upcharging your work to the client or they're asking you for discounts, that's a big one. Like if the client, if the wedding planner is asking you to lower your prices or like, you know, st- stuff like that, I feel like right. is sketchy. Cause that's like, I just feel like that's not setting up a very good, like, um, Like, they're not looking out for you at that point. Clearly, they're only looking out for themselves and their client. So that's going to be difficult moving forward because they're they're not going to care about what's best for you. Like, I mean, and obviously it's not your wedding. You're not the most (laughs) important person. But like, you need to have some mutual respect. Like, you need to feel like you're on the same level with them as far as like professionality and like that everyone wants the best for the client and all of that stuff
0: in terms of like red flags for me. Like my biggest one is just a really crunch timeline because I understand that like planners can't help it if they got hired late so then they're working for other they're looking for other vendors late too right and they're like trying to pull everything together and get it worked out and Mm -hmm. I think especially as a stationer and especially when you're first starting out that can be really tempting to just be like okay yeah I'll do this this like one time because you're a planner and you'll bring me more work Um, but what I've found is that a lot of times like when they're in a rush, they're just like going for other people because the ones they want are already taken. Does that make sense? So it's like afterthought. Uh-huh. And to me, that's always yeah. been like a hard no. Like regardless of the situation, where I'm just like, I'm sorry, like this timeline's too short for me, or I'm currently booked, or whatever.
1: Yeah, for me, I think a red flag is when they come in and have like the process already laid out of how it's going to work. And they're telling the client all these things and like all these timelines and like what the process looks like. And I'm like, wait a minute. You don't even talk to me about this. Like, this is not how the process works. Like, you know, and they start to basically just like make up the own their own process of wedding invitations. And I'm like, no, this is actually this is you're gonna make things more difficult. Um, so that has been my experience of a red flag of just like they have their own way of doing things and they're not willing to be like, hey, how do you? When do you need this? Or like, how does this work? Do we give you a thing? Like, you know, asking questions to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, with that. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I think that like all goes back to communi- communication. Like, I feel like you should vet, um, like, wedding planners the same way that you vet clients because you'll get a lot of the same kinds of red flags that you would get from a potential client. And like, if you get a bunch of red flags from a potential client in the consultation or whatever, then don't work with them. And I think it's the same with a planner. Like, just because they're a planner doesn't mean you have to work with them no matter what like if you are having issues with communication like in the booking process and like you're sending them quotes but they're not getting back to you or they have like weird questions and like like if the communication is difficult and you don't feel like you're all on the same page and like you're constantly having to explain things or they're not getting back to you i feel like all of that kind of sets up the expectation of what the whole process is going to be like so yeah. like if you get those like feelings where like you get their email or whatever and you're like Ugh, I know Big red flag.
1: <laughs> I know. Cause it can almost feel like planners are this Holy grail. You're like, but there are planners yeah. going to open up the door to so many other clients. If I just work with this planner, everything
2: will change. Mm-hmm. And like, it really doesn't. Like, it's yeah, gonna be just okay. know They're going to like put you on some list and no one else, <laughs> else is going to hire you and the whole industry or something. Yeah. That's what it,
1: I always felt like that. I was like, when I get connected with like three planners, I'll just be in. And you know, maybe that does work. And like, I'm sure there's instances of that happening and stuff, but like, you don't have to like give them, you know, bend over backwards just because they're a planner. So just keep that in mind, you guys. You're awesome too as a stationer. They're probably being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, dang, I need to work with this stationer." They can do their planner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, let's talk about some like tips and best practices on how you can actually work with a planner and make it happy for everyone involved. Yay! Yeah, um, <laughs> working with
2: planners is like working with the, like. I feel like a lot of the principles just apply to business in general, but I feel like you should always go into those relationships like thinking about the other person. I think that's like a good principle in networking, and I talk about that a lot in my class for the Stationers Summit. But like, go into conversations with planners with a sense of gratitude, like they are bringing you work. So in some respects, like you are not that you're like indebted to them, but you should be grateful that they want to work with you because they are literally like a portal of giving you money <laughs> and <laughs> their clients with you like because if, if you screw up, it reflects poorly on the planner. So they really have to trust in you because the connections that they make for their clients reflects on them. So um, you're the planners are putting trust in you. And that's something that I think should be appreciated. And So I think it's really important to, um, not like bend over backward because you don't want to be taken advantage of. Um, but I do, I am more accommodating to planners than I am to some clients because I do work with them for more than one wedding. And I understand like, you know, sometimes wedding like planners will be, um, like planners will want to get their wedding published or something. So maybe they'll ask you for like boutonniere tags or something that's not on the proposal or like extra stamps to style with for photos or something like that. And I always will do that for planners because it's mutually beneficial, right? Like, yeah, you're sending them like five stamps that the client didn't pay for, But it's going to make the wedding pictures prettier. And then the planner is going to give you pictures that you can use on your portfolio. So it works out better for you in the long run to like be accommodating with little things like that. I always send um, extras of all of the stationery to the planner um, so that they can have it on hand for styling the day of um, or the photographer. And I try to um, like each client gets two keepsake invitations for photography so I try to make sure that like I'm giving the planners what they need um so that like I'm making their job easier instead of making their job harder and I think that goes a long way because then like the planners will appreciate you and want to work with you more cuz you're easy to work with and like you care about them not just the client and I just feel like building relationships like that like the more you can build trust and like friendship and like working together, it, it makes like doing weddings more fun. Cause you, you almost feel like you're doing them with friends <laughs> and, um, it all works out like for everyone in the long run, like with wedding pictures and, and with getting published and things like that, like going a little above and beyond, you know, and obviously not, like I said, not getting taken advantage of or not just like doing a bunch of free work, but, you know, just being kind and appreciative and generous. Um, it gets reciprocated by the planners and the people that you work with. Yeah, those are all such amazing yep. points. Thank <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> I know that
1: was basically a much more eloquent way of saying what I wrote down, which was go with on with the mentality that you and the planner are on the same team and find yeah. ways to make their job easier so they can do the same for you. Like that's like yeah. a huge, huge thing. Like working with a planner, obviously. So absolutely. That was- Killed that question, Sierra. Jeez,
2: okay. (laughs) It really does work out well for you in the long run because like I did a couple styled shoots. Like there's one planner in particular. I did a couple styled shoots with her. The styled shoots didn't get published or anything, but I was able to build a relationship. And then I've worked with her on weddings and so forth. And then when I needed help, like I did um, a photo shoot for my collection. She offered to style it for me. And so, like it, it really does go both ways. Like the more you help other people out, the more like readily other people are going to be willing to help you. And it, it helps to build like a foundation for your like your business, so you don't feel like you're doing it own you it, it like all on your own. But it it makes you like part of a community and part of an industry that's kind of all looking out for each other.
1: Yes, I love that. That's exactly like the dream of working in the wedding industry. Yeah, you're, you're working on the dream team to make like this one epic day happen for someone which is this pretty is, cool.
0: this whole episode so. has made me feel like a lot <laughs> less scared to work with planners I think <laughs> it always seemed just like very intimidating and kind of out there for me like I had so many questions about how it worked and you answered I think you answered like a lot of the really big questions I had personally so now for me it's just more about like defining those relationships and figuring out like who in the area would be a great partner, or a great, like, mattress. obviously to like go into that with a genuine interest in like a friendship first and go from there.
2: I love working with planners. Like I really do feel like they make my job easier and they bring me amazing clients. And like, it is sometimes difficult to start those relationships with planners, which is why I love, um, styled shoots for that which I know styled shoots are like such a like hot topic that people <laughs> either love or they hate but um I think it's a really great way to like get to know planners and and like let them know you're there and and see like have basically have make them like you like make really pretty stuff like send them really pretty stuff for them to take pictures of and then they keep your work on hand because I don't have them send it back to me and then they use it as samples when they're in client consultations and I've booked clients that way. There was a planner, I actually use this example in my summit video, but there's a planner that I um, worked with on a styled shoot in this fall, this fall. I sent her a couple of my brand new, like, collection samples for her, like, portfolio shoot, and then she kept them as samples to share clients, and then I ended up booking two weddings with her this year because of the – they really liked the samples that I had sent the planner. So sending, like, planner samples or offering to do stuff for styled shoots, like – helps you to start relationships with planners on that foot of like thinking about what you can give them and then like building that trust and that camaraderie
1: yeah and and planners are going to be such a huge advocate for you for your custom stationery like when they see (laughs) it in person they get so excited about like they get it you know what i mean like they're they know they see a ton of different invitations and then when they see something custom like oh dang this is awesome and so they kind of like become yeah. a little cheerleader for you um, almost it's, it's pretty cool yeah
2: and it is because it reflects well on them because they're like oh I have this connection like they can use that in their consultations like oh well I have a great custom stationer that we can use if you want like a custom illustration of your venue or like they can use it to help like es- not establish but like Those brand associations or whatever, those connections like reflect well on them too. So they can use that as like, Oh, well, I know the perfect girl for that and then like they're the hero.
1: Everyone wants to be the cool person that knows where to get all the best stuff. Like you know what I mean? We all have have a friend who's like, Where did you get things? And she's like, Oh, I just know where to get all the best stuff and like (laughs) (laughs) that's what they want to be.
0: It's so true. I feel like we absolutely crushed this episode. And I think people are going to get a ton out of it. I mean, (laughs) I know that I got a ton out of it. Um, So Sierra, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Because obviously they need to go
2: follow you and see all your gorgeous work. (laughs) So the best place to follow me is on Instagram at Sierra Claire. Spelled a little weird. It's C-I-A-R-R-A and then Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like I'm on Facebook, but I don't really use it and um I'm don't understand Twitter or anything. So <laughs> Instagram is the place. That's my favorite place to connect with people. Um and then watch my video on the summit. Yeah. yeah. Watch my video on the <laughs> summit. You gotta see that little cute little flower and
0: obviously all information. Yeah. <laughs> i'm I'm just
1: going for the flower
0: (laughs) i have to throw in there too and i won't spoil what it is but sierra was telling us her idea for a cute little like download for her session and it's gonna be mom.com, y'all so you have to pay for the summit to see what she's offering and so many educators are like providing like free pdfs and downloads and all this stuff it's like not just the videos it's like above and beyond to -to 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 admittedly and beyond
2: that's how i feel It's not like a real class unless you have homework, but I made homework (laughs) super fun. So it doesn't feel like homework.
1: It kind of feels like Christmas morning presents. Like everyone's just like given all these presents. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're like the (laughs) Opa of courses. This is awesome.
2: (laughs) I feel like that is such a reflection of how wonderful like I'm not tooting my own horn but like how wonderful the educators are because everyone is going above and beyond like you didn't require us to do pdfs or downloads or any of that stuff but we all like are excited about the topics that we're teaching and like the content that we're giving and we all started somewhere so we all know what it's like to be like struggling in the beginning of your business so we're all just like super pumped for this
1: yes it's it's so awesome i wish it was like a real live summer camp where we all were getting together or something but.
0: Yeah, that would be so fun We've asked so many people to do that but we have not, or we haven't <laughs> had people ask us i should say in person mm-hmm. like when are we having an in-person conference and we're like let us just like figure this out first right
2: <laughs> <laughs> start here yeah <laughs> yeah it is so much more accessible for people though to have it be online because it doesn't matter if you even live in this country like you can watch it wherever you are and yeah, whenever you want cool.
1: exactly and way yeah, cheaper
2: cheap so yeah Make <laughs> and I think
0: my session is like the only one that won't apply to people outside the U.S. just because I'm doing vintage postage
2: specifically mm-hmm. like a U.S. Mm-hmm.
0: perspective but all the other sessions all 17 of the other sessions apply to anyone worldwide um to be able to say that is like really unique and cool too. So super exciting. Okay. Well, Tammy and I will kind of like wrap up with our little housekeeping things. Um, One of which is if you have any questions, whether it's about this episode or other episodes you've heard, you can submit those questions at bizbirthdaybash.com slash Q and cake. And if you have loved the episodes, please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We would love to hear from you. Reading those honestly make our day. They keep us going um and yeah once again on itunes so i say that right guys <laughs> sometimes i don't remember. Yeah,
1: you did <laughs> good job <laughs> um and then of course if, don't forget to go register for the stationer summit at stationersummit.com can't miss
2: All it right. it's really well, easy thank you so <laughs> much Sarah, for
0: joining us today we absolutely loved having you and you just shared so much wisdom we really appreciate it
2: oh thank you it's been a pleasure
1: Thank you, Sierra. You're the best. Bye. Bye. Bye.